Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us online today. I want to thank you for being flexible and adjusting. We have uh, one member in our church is in ICU, and uh, there's been also some uh, outbreaks in our community, and we just thought it was prudent with those things happening to take a pause, catch our breath, and then um, move forward. So this Sunday, we elected to go online, and so thank you for joining us. Next Sunday, we will be back in the building, but we wanted to take one week to, to take a pause and catch and be aware of what's happening. I'd like to take a moment, before we go any further, to pray. And We've done this a number of times in our community, and I just want to take a couple minutes this morning and pray. Uh, I believe there's a few things we can do with COVID. There is some practical things that the community and the health uh, practitioners have been telling us to do, and that's great, but I think there's also an area, a spiritual force that we can uh, tap into, that we can exercise authority that we have as believers and that I don't believe it's just a one-step process. I believe there's a couple multiple fronts. And so this morning, I want to just pray and come against COVID in our communities, in our families, in our schools, in our organizations, our businesses. So if you could just join with me for a moment, and let's just take some time right now and pray over that. So Father, I just bring the individual in our body that is struggling and battling. Lord, I ask for health strength and healing and recovering for them and lord i also speak to our community lord and i call forth your strength your healing your redemptive work that you did on the cross defeating every single thing there's nothing greater than you and so we come against covid and we call you out and we command you to leave now in the name of jesus and we plead the blood of the lamb that was shed for us to be a strength and healing in our community. I pray for everyone that is affected, not just in our body, but Lord, everyone that is that has been battling and struggling with this. I ask for your healing to flow. Nothing is too great for you. So Lord, I ask for that now in your precious name. Amen. Thank you. Also, I want to thank you for giving as we have learned a new way of giving these last 18 months giving online, I want to just thank you for that. And we, we appreciate your giving, your tithe, your gifts, and your offerings. Um, it is not something we take lightly. And thank you for that. And as you give, I ask God to open the windows of heaven for you. Now, last Sunday, we started a new series. So to go online this Sunday was a very difficult and hard decision because we felt we were taking some steps forward, and now it's like, great, we have to do this online. So it was a little disappointing and frustrating, but um, we want to continue talking about this is a house. Last Sunday, we talked about this is the house of God. This is the house, this physical building, this sanctuary, this assembly. This is the house of God. And as you delve into that a little deeper, which we will in weeks to come, we also find not only is this the house, but you and I are the house of God. 
Today I want to talk a little bit, I talked, I mentioned it last week, but today I want to talk about this is the house on building our foundation. Because a building that is built answers to the foundation that it is on. If there's no foundation, that building has no good strength in it to stand. It may stand, but any elements that come against it will work at its foundation and it will be compromised. So a building answers to its foundation. Think of this in your life. The decisions that you make and the way that you live, the way that you handle your finances, your career, your family, your relationships, your anger, your disappointments, the way you handle them go back to your foundation. And if you don't have a solid, strong foundation, those things will cause you to shake and it will cause things to tumble and topple. So a foundation is critical. And as we talk about this is the house and this is a house, we want to take a few moments and take today to spend time on the foundation. Because what's the use of building something if you don't have it secured well? This is the house, the foundation. One of the greatest deceptions that you and I can live in is that we don't think we need Jesus. And you say, well, of course we need him. I know we need him. But what I have found in my own life is I can say it, but then I live as if I don't need him. I can say, yes, I need him. And then when something happens or something goes well, and quite often it's when things go well that we think we don't need Jesus. You know, I'm the guy that was, I went to school. I got all the training. I did this. I did that. It was because of this. And look at all the time and effort I put in. And before we know it, I becomes greater than Jesus. And that is a deception. And that's not just for a non-believer, that is believers that have a deception and that we believe that we don't need Jesus. Joshua and the children of Israel just had this amazing victory and then they sent out spies to look at the next uh, city they were going to go after and they said, you know what, it's okay, we've got this. And it says in the Bible they did not consult or talk with God and they were chased out of that city and they suffered defeat. So don't ever think you can live without Jesus. Don't skimp on the foundation. Don't change the materials. Jesus is the solid rock. And what I find amazing about the foundation that Jesus provides for you and I is it's all-encompassing. It's not just a 10 by 10 structure, but it is complete and thorough for everything that you and I may face in life. Jesus is the foundation that you and I can build on. Now, I have a number of verses that I'd like to look at this morning. I want to start by looking at Matthew chapter 7. And if you've got your Bibles, we're going to have five or six verses, maybe a couple more. I want to talk about foundations. Jesus is the foundation. And in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus talks about and delivers what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. One of the greatest exposés, one of the greatest explanations of kingdom living compared to natural living throughout that those chapters there's numerous times when jesus says you have heard but i say 
And what Jesus was doing was he was defining a new way of living. It actually wasn't new. It was the way he designed, but man had changed it and added to it and multiplied it and done this or distract, uh, contracted from it and subtracted and changed it. And Jesus said, no, he brought it back to the intent and the meaning. And at the end of that sermon, he goes to them and he goes, everyone who hears my voice, and this is in verse 24 of chapter 7, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I've endeavored in my life to be someone considered wise. That's something I have tried to do. And one of the greatest things I have found is quite often wisdom goes beyond me. If it stops with me, I'm not doing wise and I'm not doing well. But everyone who hears his words and acts on them is considered uh, compared to a wise man. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and it slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. You say, I know this, I understand this, I've done this in Sunday school. Yeah, so have I. And yet I have found I need to continually come back to this. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and it slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. It fell because it didn't have a secure foundation. The importance of the foundation. It's one of the greatest explanations here. And what I want to bring to you, this thought out of this passage, and we're going to do this to a number of passages, and I'm just going to bring out one or two thoughts from each passage just to get us to think a bit. So you may want to write these verses down and conduct a little study yourself later about foundations and building. This is a house. Don't just listen to what God says, but do what he says. You say, well, you become legalistic. No, I'm becoming wise. I'm becoming wise. I don't just listen to him, but I obey him and do. Listen and do. If you want to raise your children in a certain manner, don't just listen to, to the word of God, but then do what his word says. If you want to see your finances in a certain way, don't just listen to what God's Word says. And there's tons and lots and lots and lots of practical things in the Word of God about finances. But then do it also. If you want to understand how to run a business, look in the Word of God. Go through Proverbs. Not just reading it and hearing it and listening to it, but doing it. And then you'll be wise. So this is a house whose foundation is Jesus, but this is a house that strives to listen and to do God's word. You might want to write that down. This is a house that strives to listen and to do what God's word says. You might want to write that down for yourself as well, that I am the house and I am going to listen and I'm going to do 
what God says. That's a foundational principle in life. That's something you lay down at the base and you build off of that. You build off the fact that I am going to listen and I'm going to do. I might not always get it right, but that is my goal and that's my heartbreak, or my, my heart ground and that's the spot that I'm going to stand on and I'm going to say, no, I'm going to listen and I'm going to do. And if you make a mistake, own up to it and get back. Don't keep perpetuating that mistake. This is a house that strives to listen and do God's word. The next one I want you to see is found in 1 Corinthians. We're jumping quickly here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, as a kid, we would do sword drills. Everybody lift up your Bible. Go. 1 Corinthians 3. Found it. Anyways, I'm just reliving my childhood. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And Paul here is talking about how some people have talked to him and said, hey, what about Apollos? We built according to Apollos or Cephas. Or, and Paul is, is, is looking at that, and he goes, he goes in verse 9, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. Hear those words. Wives, master builder. That can be you and I as well. I laid a foundation and another build was building is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The most important thing you can do in your life and in your house is have a strong foundation. And in the last 18, 19 months with COVID running wild, foundations have been shaken and foundations have been exposed. And some churches and some organizations have thought they had foundations, but what they were building was they were building attendance and they were building records and they were building this or I was building this personally. And what we forgot was we didn't have our foundation. Don't build your life on anything other than than Jesus Christ. I'm trying to make this simple. I'm trying to to make this not complicated, but I can't stress it enough. You and I, we must build our lives on Christ. There's no other way to build our life. Can you imagine what it will look like, not what it would, what it will look like when people examine and see your life and say, why is he behaving and why is she behaving like this, this, and this when we're all stressed out? Why? And they'll come to you and you can say, because I have a foundation that does not change, does not shake, does not move, that is sure and steadfast. His name is Jesus. And I may face the same storms that you face. I may sit, face the same battles that you face. I may have the same heartache, the same disappointment, but I come back and my foundation is Jesus Christ. And because of that, I look to a city and I look beyond my life. That's the foundation. Don't lay it other than Jesus Christ. Be careful how you build. And by the way, each one of us is building. You say, well, I'm taking a day off. You're still building. You're just not building 
that day, but you are building. This is a house that has Jesus as the foundation. This is the house that has Jesus as the foundation. Everything we do, everything we build off, everything we structure goes back to and builds from is Jesus. Don't build your life on ideas. Don't build your life on fads or on trends or on what is trending or hashtags. Build your life on Jesus. There's no other foundation to lay. This is a house that has Jesus as the foundation. Another verse I'd like you to go to is found in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? I, I want you to see two questions. He asks them, who do people say I am? They answer him, and then he says, but who do you say that I am? And that's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I'm going to read it from a different version. I just like the way it reads. And he, and he says, Peter, you're the, Peter answers him, and he says, Jesus says to him, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the Messiah, son of the living God. And Jesus comes back to him and says, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't answer that out of the books or from teachers. My father in heaven, my father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. And this is the rock and now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church, listen to this, the truth of knowing who Jesus is. On this rock, on this truth, on this revelation, I'm going to put a church together so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. You and I have such a great influence, power, and authority because of Jesus and the revelation of who he is, not who I am, but who he is. And because I know who he is, he says, because of that, Peter, I'm going to do this. When we get our foundation right, we see that we get the strength from the foundation into our life. And he says, the gates of hell won't be able to keep it out. I don't believe the gospel is some defensive mechanism. I believe it's an offensive mechanism. The gospel is good news that penetrates. Don't shy back, but be strong and be good courage and say, no, this is the good news, and it can penetrate. And then Jesus goes on, and I love the way that this reads, and that's not all. He says, you will have complete and free access to God's kingdom Keys to open any and every door. No more barriers. Listen to this. No more barriers between heaven and earth. Earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. And a no on earth is a no on heaven, in heaven. There is this amazing strength, authority, and privilege that we have when we have that foundation and the revelation of Jesus Christ. That the words we say are echoed in heaven. And heaven stands behind your words. Heaven stands behind my words. Heaven stands behind. Why? Because we're standing on the rock. 
That to me is a very awe-inspiring thought because that means I need to speak what he says. This is a house that is built on the revelation of who Jesus is. He is the Christ, the anointed one. He's the son of the living God. He's Messiah. He is the king of kings. He's the prince of peace. He is the great physician. He is the healer. He is the prince of peace. He's wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty one. He is God with us. And that is the foundation of this house. This is a house that's built on that revelation of who Jesus is. In 2 Timothy, if you could turn with me to 2 Timothy. Paul is writing to his young protege, 2 Timothy 2.19, and he's explaining to him how workmen and the, the way people build things. And I found this really interesting he actually talks about a couple people that were using language and words that did not edify God's house. And imagine this, they're actually in the word of God. They have standed the test of time. Some of the things when you come against God's word, when you come against his house, be careful. Because you're not just coming against an organization or a group or some charitable status. You are coming against God. And Paul talks about being someone, a, a, a workman, not being ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then he talks about this in verse 19 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, nevertheless, he's talking about how some men have built things and have gone away. He says, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. God's foundation stands and then not only that, but he says, and then he has this seal. The Lord knows who are his, and everyone who names the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Not only does God know who we are, but we have a responsibility to abstain from wickedness. Why can we do that? Because of the firm foundation. The foundation of God, the, the foundation that God provides is incomparable. Nothing can compare to his foundation. Not the latest technology, not the greatest building materials, not the greatest psychoanalysis, not the greatest therapy, not the greatest ideas, not the greatest counselor. Nothing compares to the foundation that God is. It is firm. It is steadfast. And like I said earlier, in the last 19 months, Foundations have been shattered. Churches have been rattled. People have been rattled. Families have been rattled. Communities have been shaken. And what I have found is when those things are all shaken, you get down to the brass tacks and you get down to the real foundation. And I have found myself coming back to that foundation many, many times. Not only is this foundation incomparable, but he knows who are his. This is a house, solid rock. This is a house that is built on the unmovable, unshakable, unchangeable God. This is a house that is built on the unmovable, unshakable, incomparable, and unchanging God. 
And we sing a song every once in a while, and there's a line in the song that says, you never change, but you change everything. Sometimes we change everything, but we need to get to the God who never changes, and yet he changes everything. Another verse I'd like you to see is found in Hebrews chapter 10. Or sorry, Hebrews chapter 11. You're having a little Bible school class this morning. Pastor Nelson is probably going, oh, he's used more than two verses today. He's done really well. Because usually I only do one or two verses, and Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel have like seven or eight or 15 but I've done a few today. We got a little Bible class today, a little teaching session. I believe it's important that we take some time to examine the foundation. You, whatever you build on top of reflects what's below. And so let's build our church, solid rock. Let's build our community. Let's build our relationships, our family, our friends. Let's build on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's build on the one who never changes. Let's build on the one who is sure. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it's talking about Abraham in this verse. This is the the heroes of faith. It says, and by an act of faith, Abraham, I want you to listen to this and just follow through with me. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place because that would become his home. First of all, he goes to an unknown place that would become his own. He had a revelation of God in a moment that caused him to change everything he did to move from what was comfortable, what was known, to go to something unknown. You only do that with conviction when you have a foundation underneath you that says, no, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you. He moves from a place unknown to a place unknown. When he left, he had no idea where he's going. Anybody ever feel like that? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. He had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country, promised to him, living as a stranger, camping in tents, and Isaac and Jacob did the same. This, I'm talking about the foundation here. I'm talking about the foundation. This is a house that is built on a foundation. Before we start talking about all the multi-levers, levels, and all the different viewpoints, and all the different things that the house contains, you must get the foundation right. Because you won't build a multi-level building on a foundation that's only two foot by two foot, six inches deep. If you want to build something tall, you have to go deep. If you want to build something wide, you've got to go wide. You can't build something huge on something small. So let's take the time. This is a house. His foundation is Jesus. And Abraham here leaves the place that he knows. He didn't know where he was going. Not only this, but it affected his family and his children and his children's children. He was so convinced and his kids were with him, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye, and I want you to see this, not on a city, but on the city. 
an article that's definite. He built it, he had his eye fixed on the city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. What I'm, what's interesting here is he foundation, he says city built on. So not only does God put a foundation for us, but then he also has a building and a structure that he wants us to live with and to see and allow to grow in our lives. The encounter that he had changed his life forever. The encounter that we have with Jesus, the encounter we have with God, the encounter with the Holy Spirit and the change the Holy Spirit brings in us, the encounter that we have with our Father changes our life forever and it gets a ray of the past. He let go of the past and he moved on. And what I found interesting was he didn't know where he was going, but he knew what he was looking for. I want you to grab a hold of that. Because sometimes... We think we need to plan everything and understand everything. And he says, he, it says here, he, he didn't know where he was going, but he was looking for the city. You might not know where you're going, but you know what you're looking for. And what you're looking for is found in these pages and in this world. word. It's not in this world, it's in the word. And Abraham, he didn't know where he was going, but he knew what he was looking for. He lived as an alien, knowing that there was something greater. And even it says he lived as an alien in the promise. He lived in the promise, and yet it, looks, it says that he looked beyond that to the city whose maker was God. This is a house that encourages encounters with God. This is a foundation of us. We encourage encounters with God. And what's the, 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 the risky, challenging, and sometimes mind-bending aspect of that is your encounter with God might be different than mine. And am I okay to allow you to have been impacted by God so much that your encounter with God changes your life now, we are together, we walk together, but every house has different articles in the house. Every house has different furniture, different things. So there, when we build a house individually and when we build the house corporately, we are going to put a, together a collection of many things that causes something, one thing to be great. And Abraham, he did not know where he was going, but he knew what he was looking for. And this is a house that encourages encounters with God because that affects your foundation. I would say, can I hear an amen? But I'm going to have to take your word for it. I'm going to see what time was on the the feed and I'm going to see when the comments start popping up. This is a house that encourages those encounters with God because those encounters with God are more powerful than any counsel I can give you, any wisdom I can share with you, any thoughts I can give you. Yes, we need those things, but the first thing we need is that encounter with God. Paul had an encounter with God on the road and and it changed his trajectory and it changed wherever he went. Jacob had an encounter with God. David had an encounter with God. Moses, Joseph, encounters with God. 
Those are foundational pieces. The last couple verses I want to look at this morning is found in 1 Peter. I got two verses. One is in 1 Peter, and then one is going to be in Ephesians. In 1 Peter chapter 2, the Apostle Peter is writing, and he's quoting from the Old Testament. And he says, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for those who believe. The stone which the builders rejected became the very cornerstone. And what I want to talk about here is building our life, building this house. This house is built on the cornerstone of Jesus. Everything related back to the cornerstone. When they built, they set the stone and everything became off of that stone that was set, that was placed in a certain spot. Everything was built off of that. And in Ephesians 2, chapter 20, verse 20, sorry, two, Ephesians 2, 20, it says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. I cannot express to you the importance, the value, the meaning of having Jesus as the cornerstone of our life. And this is a house that is built with Jesus as the cornerstone. Everything ties back to the cornerstone. I started off by talking about the importance of a foundation and how a house is built and it answers to the foundation. Take your time to get the foundation right. And what's interesting is when you get the foundation right, other things start to build well. I've done enough building in my time to know that when something is level and plumb, it's a lot easier to add and to build to it than when something is off skew, out of level, and then you have to start shimming this and changing that and adjusting this, and then the next piece goes on, and it's not square, and it's not plumb. So take time, get the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. At Solid Rock, he is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. We build based on the word of God. We don't build based on the philosophies of men. We build based on what the word says. And not only here in this house, but do that in your life personally. And you might say, well, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, sometimes the choir needs preaching to. Take your time. Get the foundation right. This is a house where Jesus is the cornerstone. Build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. What I have found, when you build it right, you might say it's going to take longer, but actually building it right is faster than building it twice or three times or four times. And you might say, well, I'm not getting as much done, but you're doing it right. And we live in a world of speed, we live in a world of fast. We live in a world of now. We live in a world of gigabytes and megabytes and all these different things. And sometimes that pushes us and pressures us to build quickly. Take the time, lay Jesus as your foundation, because when you build right, you will build more efficiently. You will build quicker. You will build better. 
I have seen people have to tear things down. They get frustrated. They get discouraged. They get angry. And they have to rebuild, whether it's marriages, whether it's finances, whether, whatever it is. It's not just a physical building. It's life. Take the time. Establish Jesus as your foundation. And if you need help with that, start here and then call Pastor Nelson. Get, take the time to build your life right. Jesus is the foundation. And when you build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, you build right. Amen? I want to thank you for joining us this morning. We will see you next Sunday in person here. Have an amazing week. I just want to ask God to bless you, to keep you, to cause his face to shine upon you to have his countenance give you peace. You are blessed this week. Have an amazing week. Build your life on Jesus Christ. God bless you.